All right. Welcome to episode five of Figuring It Out with Kian and Nick, a podcast about figuring out how to do a podcast opening. I'm Kian Rice, and I'm joined, as always, by Nick Mudry. That's me. Hello. How you doing? Hey. Uh, I'm all right. It's been it's been another week of fun employment. Uh, just did a uh, surprise Zoom birthday party last night that involved me having to do karaoke. You're like That's one of fun. several friends I know that had a Zoom birthday party to go to last night. <laughs> it's so weird. I asked like several people. I was like, "Hey, what are you up to tonight?" And they're like, "Oh, I'm on a I'm on a birthday party for on on Zoom." I'm like, "Oh, cool." And then you sent me a message last night. Like, "Yeah, I'm on a birthday party for Zoom." I'm like, what's going on? Why was everybody born yesterday? Uh, I this person wasn't born yesterday, uh, but their birthday's on a Monday, and we wanted to surprise them. So, uh, happy birthday to them if they're listening. Uh, they'll know who they are. I think, Mm -hmm. I hope. Uh, This is recorded on Sunday, so do the math. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I'm doing pretty all right otherwise. Um, How about you? Uh, You know, all right. I think all right's a good word to sum up everything. (laughs) Yeah, especially in COVID times, let alone any personal stuff that we might be dealing with. Um, Yes. Yeah, Yeah. COVID doesn't help with personal stuff. Yeah. They should put that on the box. Yeah, yeah. But uh, a big thing is... (laughs) There's not much to do these days, I feel like. Like, you learn new hobbies, but mm-hmm. you, you can't do as many hobbies, at least in my case, because now I'm fun employed, and it's like, oh, I want to start playing piano again, and I have this, like, tiny MIDI synth, but I want to get, like, a full MIDI keyboard that I right. can just play, and I'm like, I can't fucking afford it. I was that. also looking at <laughs> um, keyboards earlier. That's weird. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I used to play piano as a kid, uh, and unlike most kids who'd play, like, Bach and Beethoven and Mozart, I was playing... Nobuo Uematsu, Joe Hisaishi, <laughs> Danny Elfman. I was like, I did a piano recital where I played the opening song Xanarkin from Final Fantasy X. Um, so, kind of want to get back into that, but I, I can't afford to. And I want a dog, and I've uh, I'm locking that premium dog content behind getting a new job. So um, that that's fair. Be, that's that, fair. That'll be downloadable content once I've gained employment again. But uh, yeah, you know, I got I actually had an interview this week. Um, I won't say with who specifically, but I will say it was a big game publisher. So that was pretty cool. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. So games are cool. Games are anything good cool. this week? Uh, I've been playing Destiny. Surprise. A lot of Destiny. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I feel like I said every week. Uh, this week was, the, I think, the last week of the Guardian Games event. I think by the time this is up, it should be over. I think it's over on Tuesday. Uh, I was trying to get at least seven triumphs so i could get the exotic machine gun but i realized it's just not going to happen and if i need if i if i was to to do that i would have had to play probably four to five hours every day between last tuesday and tomorrow which would be monday uh i like destiny but not that much (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i could play five hours of that game a day even if i wanted to um because there are days where I want to play that much, but then the next day I'm just like, I'm just burnt out. I can't do another Vanguard yeah. bounty. It's just like, come on. To, to use like a rock band reference, that'd be like doing the endless set list every, every day. day. <laughs> Except you could take breaks. For, I, for, I mean, for you can pause in the endless set list. It's not quite as endless as they make it out to yeah, be. Yeah, but if you uh, pause, you don't get the achievement, right? That's only in Rock Band 2, I think. I don't even uh, think it was in 3. I, okay. I, I will say that... When I did the Rock Band 2 Endless Setlist with my pal Hal, uh, we actually had to take a full day's break because we got to chop suey by System of a Down. Oh, no. We were just so We were just so exhausted at that point, and it was like midnight on a Saturday, and this was in college. 
Actually, oh. I think this was no, this was this was like the summer before Rock Band Three came out. Um, so it wasn't SIP. We did the Rock Band Three and the set list during SIP, nice. I believe, just because that's how it shook out. <laughs> um, but we uh, we got to Chop Suey, which is probably like five or six songs from the end of the of the endless set list in that game, and. I had kind of, I can't like do well on that song, but I can pass it. But on bass, he just was struggling, and we just were like, "Let's go for a walk." We tried going for a walk at like midnight around my neighborhood because <laughs> I was at home at the time, and uh, no, we couldn't do it. So we literally were like, "All right, we're gonna come back to my house at three o'clock tomorrow afternoon, and we're gonna finish this thing." And I literally had to like yell at my parents, like, "Mom, Dad, you cannot turn off the Xbox. You can't do it. You will fuck us over so bad. I will hate you for the rest of my life." <laughs> that bad and uh, i was 19 not 12 so completely immature but yeah <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do so gotta um, protect the integrity of the analyst set list yeah um but th- but like that's i think kind of what's made me like a super casual destiny player is like i don't have that kind of commitment either i don't want to be nah. playing like five hours a day even if it's a great game which it is and i yeah. know they've just announced playstation 5 and xbox series x versions are coming which we'll probably touch on in the second half of the show as part of oh, a yeah, 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 larger yeah. discussion but uh yeah so guardian games i didn't participate so i got a, I, I got i got a few few triumphs and i got a few uh a few medals deposited i watched the hunters continually not be in anywhere near first place every single day <laughs> and and i think i missed this last time we talked about it you're a hunter mm-hmm Okay, so so you weren't giving me shit. You you were suffering alongside. Me, oh yeah, so I was totally suffering. Uh, and what kind of hunter are you? Like, what are you? I usually play solar, uh, okay. six shot in in uh, crucible, and then three shot outside of it. Although I do have an exotic. Uh, I'm blanking on the name, but it turns my golden gun into a one shot. That is a super powerful one shot, uh, which allows you if you time it right in certain strikes you could just kill the last boss in one shot and skip most of the phases. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which is very walker. OP in some of the early strikes. Nice. I'm only, I'm like a void walker or whatever. I, I use the, like the, the, the bow with the, uh, uh, with the like tangles and shit. I, I, I'm so casual a destiny player that I couldn't even tell you the specific names, but big fan of my, uh, scout rifles and stuff. So oh, yeah, I'm all auto rifles and pulse rifles right now. Although I do, I, 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 I used to be all in on scout rifles and destiny one. Mostly once I got my first exotic was the Mida multi tool or whatever, which was the exotic scout rifle. I think it was probably the only exotic scout rifle in D one. Uh, so that set me off on scout rifles for a long while, which I, <laughs> which I really liked, and I still yeah. do. But now I'm just like, screw it, just give me an auto rifle and let me <laughs> just like run Unload. through stuff. Yeah. yeah, cool, cool. Uh, have you been playing anything else? Oh, I've been playing a decent amount of stuff this week. Uh, I played some Call of Duty again uh apparently they've they've, they've put up a uh, a new playlist this week it's not really new i mean it's been in there before but uh it's shipment 24 7 cycling big team battle essentially on on that mode with all the game modes uh it's really fun they they titled the playlist it used to be called shipment 24 7 uh but they actually titled it in all caps well actually i think they're all all caps in game uh cod players only want one thing and then the title is dot 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 and it's disgusting and i was like this has to be shipment 24 7 and i clicked on it and it totally was i was like this is just brutal 
I do I, like when they have a sense of humor about sort of the player base knowing what they want and yeah. like sort of adding that into the game. Um, Whoever's so in charge of the matchmaking hoppers in Call of Duty right now must just be having a blast. I mean, obviously, it's probably a team of people talking about stuff and not just one person. Uh, at least I would assume. I don't know. Every every really every single company, company is big. different, <laughs> yeah. um, um, but whoever it is is probably having fun. I, cr- I I I played a few times with my normal classes and it was fine uh, on that in that playlist. But I eventually created a class that is just an LMG with as much ammo as I could carry, and then just focused on. I think all the the weapon gunsmith stuff is focused on hip fire accuracy, and like st- stability. And it's just I I I, I could sh- I'll I'll share a clip on on Twitter or something, uh, but. I pulled off like a 160 kill match or something on there with like seven chopper gunners or something outrageous like <laughs> that. Uh, it was very OP and I felt like I was breaking the system for that map because I was the only one who had plus a hundred kills. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Jesus. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's stupid. It's stupid fun, but I, I, I like it. I, it's interesting. You describe it as fun. Uh, cause I tried out Warzone and I tried out the regular multiplayer and, uh, I'm probably going to finish out the season, but I'm probably going to call it quits after that because this is just mm. like way too stressful for me. COD Warzone is definitely a very well-made battle royale. Um, yes. It, that map feels a lot like PUBG's first map. Uh, but it what does. I will has, say is... It has is, the same feeling. Yeah. yeah. What I will say, and I think my issue with it and just with regular COD multiplayer, and it, I'm just remembering it now, is that I'm just not good enough <laughs> at this stage in the game and it's just so fast-paced that it's like... There were multiple moments um, where I just like respawned in. Uh, it's one of the domination, uh, mm-hmm. and I just spawned, and before I could even like start moving, I just got downed immediately. <laughs> um, oh yeah, and that kind of stuff is just like the skill gap is so high for me that like I can't see myself playing once my battle pass expires. But it is really well made. It's really fun. Like it's definitely I can see why people are. Like, cod has come back i feel like this. i mean we we did our top yeah. games of, the, of 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 the decade but like this is probably the top call of duty of like the last 10 years like it's it's a really good call, call of duty it's just poor black ops poor black <laughs> yeah. ops i'm sorry i'm i'm gonna shit on it but <laughs> black, black ops one did make the decade because it was 2010 so yeah um, i don't know yeah. I, th- I, th- I, th- I i i think it's a really good call of duty i mean i i also agree with you that the skill gap is also like just, just just depending on how you're like what kind of mood you're in and just where the system decides to like match you with because also like you could be matched um cross play now so like your yeah your chances of being matched with pc either just yeah someone who's really good on pc which actually the game does a little bit of like trying not to match you against pc if you're only playing on console but mm-hmm. uh like even then like you're still going to get matched against higher level people just because there's so many more people in the pool um and that that was my issue is i was rank 18 and everyone else was like 100 something and i was like well guess i'll die yeah that's also a problem because you uh, the way call of duty progression works is you're actually unlocking weapons as you rank up which is and there's actually weapons in the battle pass which makes it it's not pay to win but obviously if you pay you could get your weapons sooner yeah um and like you can get your double XP, which means you're also ranking up your 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 main class more quickly. So, like, the higher level people do have more guns and are obviously way more comfortable. So, like, it's it, it, if you're ever, like, coming back to Call of Duty fresh after a long while, it's bad. Or if you're just, like, 
starting the game and yeah you're like level one or like 18 as he said and this is like you're gonna be matched up against people who are like high 60s high 70s high 90s 80s all that stuff like which is fine but like i don't know it's 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 a tough game and you just need to like when you've just got like an m16 with iron sights and some dude is coming at you with like his uh like other rifle with like a thermal scope that can adjust from medium (laughs) distance to long distance and also has like a cannabis leaf keychain on it and then also stickers that say like 420 blazes like you you're fucked yeah they just have so much more time in the game let let, let alone a better gun yeah and because of that time they have better equipment like i can't use iron sights you give me a red dot like sure I, i can do that but um yeah uh Looking at the list now, it looks like that's not the only multiplayer shooter you've been playing. No, last night I played um, I played Siege. Uh, there's a new mode on Siege that's that Rainbow I didn't Six know about. Siege, yeah, right? Rainbow Six Siege, the the everlasting Ubisoft franchise that will never go away. Apparently, although aren't they and, and, and not only that, the game that started out with people being like, "This is mediocre as fuck," and then became I, "Holy shit, Rainbow Six Siege!" After like, like two Siege years, when it came out, I nobody did the beta on Xbox or whatever it was considered at the time. Maybe it was just a trial. I don't know. Uh, this was a long time ago, obviously, um, and it was fun. But also, I was like, uh, "One, I don't have anyone to play with. This seems like it's way too pro." Which I mean, it still is pretty pro. Um, which is like one of my negative thoughts about the game still. Um, but it's, it's gotten better and there's just a lot more about it that I've just started to enjoy, especially as I started playing more with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, there's a, a new mode called grand larceny and I had to look it up because I totally forgot. Like, I know I played it last night and I, in my head, I know what it was all, all about, but I was like, I don't know how to explain this. Uh, so I think I, I copied and pasted a bunch of stuff off of, I'll credit it to GameSpot. I believe it was GameSpot. Um, but Bing just said it was from MSN like they do for every single news source I ever search on Bing. I use Bing. Hello. Um, but yeah. Team uh, Duck, Duck, go! <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting new, uh, interesting new mode. Uh, usually in Siege, you're usually trying to like defuse a bomb or free hostages. Uh, but it's a new mode called Stolen Goods uh, where it's feels like this 20th century britain bank heist which like there are uh classes and weapons that are kind of reskinned to feel that way not all of them just only only some, some of them and instead of yeah defusing a bomb or freeing hostages you're like trying to crack open safe boxes and there's usually like five or six in the map that you play i can't tell if it's only only one map i think we only played on one um but it's crazy because all the floors and walls, at least most of them, are way more destructible than usual, either just because it's just more fragile material or, like, they just up the damage or something. And it's also shotguns only. Well, like, shotguns plus, like, your class equipment and abilities. So, like, shotguns and grenades or C4 or whatever. But it's just crazy because you, it's just shotguns everywhere. There's no prep time. It's just, like, get into it. You're on You're on offense. You're, you're on defense. Uh, you're you're rushing in with your squad you can see that there's a safe like two floors above you so you just look up with your shotgun and you shoot through the floor a few times and it falls apart and the safe falls from the top floor to to, to the bottom floor and it feels like this like crazy heist movie happening in a matter of just like five minutes um it's all one life and all that stuff like sieges too so it's 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 a lot of fun i was having a good time playing that last night it's only against so I usually usually with with my group we've only we don't really 
dive into multiplayer too often with other people. Usually we just play against AI. And we're kind I didn't of realize thing. you could do that because that's yeah. actually when you talk about like the pro stuff, sorry to cut you off. Um, like that's what stopped me from getting in on this is I'm bad at Call of Duty. Siege <laughs> sounds even more intense than Call of Duty. It is. But I didn't realize there was bot matches and that, yeah. that could, that could, uh, bot matches are like the... it's a $15 starter edition, right? I believe so. It's on sale like at least once a quarter, <laughs> which I think is when I bought it. I was like, oh, cool. It's on sale. Sure. Let me just get it. Um, but yeah, it, there are versus AI modes, which is cool. Um, and like I said, yeah, that's usually how I play. And like those also aren't easy because we've started to work our way up to just playing most things on hard, which means the bots are just also OP. And it probably also helps you get better for like actual player beat. It does because I, I remember when we started, we, 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 we occasionally used to jump into uh, PvP and I would just get my ass handed to me and be like, this sucks. And I would probably get like one kill around if I'm lucky or one, one kill a match if I'm lucky. Um, but last night I was doing pretty good considering that I don't play Siege too often and that we've kind of been doing our like every couple weeks we'll just play some hard bot matches and have 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 fun there um yeah no siege is uh super enjoyable and i'm enjoying it more and more the more i play it there was an interesting moment i think it was like two weeks ago or so i'll just say two weeks just for the sake of the story uh where the people in my group were asking me why i wasn't using my class abilities and I had no idea that each class had abilities that you could use. <laughs> it's just like this whole, mid- like, if you middle click Nick, with even your class, I knew that. <laughs> if you middle click on your mouse, it's like, oh, this character has a bow and arrow that pulls out, or the main character has a shotgun that's attached to your gun. Like, I just had no idea. Like, and it, it's, a, it's a weird, I think, new user thing that, one, I skipped the tutorial because I was like, screw it, I'm just going to play with my friends. Like, we were just, we were right ready to play, even if there was a tutorial. I don't know if there was. Um, yeah. So I kind of just jumped in, and every match start screen is like okay select where you want to start select your class and select your weapons and they give you about usually end up spending like 15 seconds like yelling at your group going okay where, where, where are we going to start are we going to shop this if we can start the, sh- the the shipping containers the training grounds wherever the locations on the map are by the time you get there you have 15 seconds left and it's like okay i gotta select the class i'm just like uh okay i'll just go with buck who is always like the like standard of the line just Soldier, the soldier 76 yeah of rainbow soldier 76 six. of rainbow six it's like cool he just seems like an all-around balanced person and like i had in the back of my mind i was like okay obviously all these characters they have different things going on here um but buck was always just like middle of the line and that's how he was described to me he's like he's just simple he has an assault rifle and grenades it's all like if you want to start just use him and i assumed his pa- his, his ability in the back of my mind was like super passive. Like they all were probably or whatever. Um, and just went on with my day. Tur- turns out his ability is like, Oh, he actually also carries a shotgun that you could use. Um, <laughs> but I always thought that like, just depending on the class changed what weapons and equipment you were offered and not that they all also have a middle click option. <laughs> uh, nice. cause I like, I know a front, a friend of mine usually plays a sledge, which is a guy with a big sledgehammer that could break down walls. And I just assumed that would have like replaced their grenades, right? I, because I just never clicked on sledge. I'd never played a sledge. Uh, and I would have just assumed if I selected sledge, it'd be like, oh, instead of carrying a frag grenade, you could select to carry the sledgehammer. Turn, turns out you could do both. But 
yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm learning a lot about Siege and my perception of how to actually understand and learn a game and know that all characters have abilities <laughs> and stuff like <laughs> I, that. I would be curious, and maybe if I can convince someone I've been playing games with on Xbox, and, and we'll probably circle back to that when I talk about what I've been playing, uh, how it tutorializes that, uh, because if I can get it cheap and gra- convince my friend to get it, like maybe we'll start playing on the Xbox One X, the most powerful console ever. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know... I think you have one more game on your list uh, that I've been really curious about. Uh, can you talk a bit about Moving Out? Yes. Yeah, so this was another game we played a decent amount of last night, we being the group of friends I usually end up playing games with. Uh, and it, it's been on our list for a while. It came out, was it a week ago, two weeks ago? It's, Recently at the very... I think it's available. No more than a month. It's available for... It game might Pass. be available for free on Epic Game Store, I think. And it's on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass. It's, it's on... available for the eShop for like $25 versus a physical copy of 40 Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's, available it's out everywhere. Yeah. I believe it's a Team 17 published game, if I remember yeah. right. Uh, it's, I think, also developed by CoatSync, which I'm a big fan of. They're like a cool indie developer. Um, but the quick pitch of this game is essentially it's overcooked, except you're moving... You're, you're moving people's stuff out of their house into a moving truck instead of cooking food it's that same like top down four player local co-op type of game it's hectic it's stressful you're all running around you're all trying to coordinate things it's a lot of fun i think we went through about the first like 10 or so give or take a little bit there uh scenarios that they have and they obviously like it has like the same kind of feeling and flow that overcooked does as it starts is like okay it's easy it's easy and it starts ramping up like very gradually in a in a very fun and chill way um all the levels are very cool uh obviously like your first one is you're just like you're moving a house um there are things that you could carry by yourself that are super easy and you could kind of walk around and just like throw them into the truck there are things that you could carry by yourself but you need another person to like throw which throwing is like a mechanic to try and like you could just like drag and play stuff but eventually you'll need to throw stuff on top of it on top of other stuff just because like you're running out of room in your truck um there's stuff that obviously requires two people to carry like larger couches and stuff like that or like large tables um and usually starts off as just like small square or rectangle shaped objects as well but eventually you're like you move up to more funky shaped objects crazier level layouts like there's a a level where there's like a house in a garage that is apparently like outfitted to um i don't know there there, there's a there's a reason why why the car can rotate and spin if you press a button like i would just like like make it sound like the person who owns that house is also a mechanic or something let's just say that uh but there's also this like l-shaped sectional couch and there's a lot of like columns in the house and stuff like that and like our thought was like let's take it out through to the garage and then we accidentally hit the button and then the car spun and moved the moved our seat backwards or moved our sectional backwards and stuff like that and it's like that's at some point you start going oh crap we have to now have a lot of strategy here when it comes to trying to figure out how we like move our furniture out of this house just like real life yep just like Uh, real life and like the first levels you could kind of grab whatever you want in whatever order you want and put it in the truck but like we failed a level last night right down to the like last buzzer um in terms of like how the game lets how how long the game lets you play each level uh just because we were struggling to get like the last two things in the truck and every time we would get them in another thing would roll out because like the physics don't stop once it's in the once it's in the truck like things could fall out or you can move them out 
Um, but then we're like, okay, like let's restart. Let's get the sectional out. Let's get the piano out. Let's get this. Let's get all the large stuff. Let's put it in the back. Let's like play Tetris with it um, and get it all to fit nicely. And then we just like ran and got all the small stuff. Um, one thing to note. So obviously self-isolation, uh, self-quarantine and social distancing and all that stuff. This is a local co-op only game. Uh, which it has no online multiplayer, but we were playing through Steam Remote Play, which surprisingly works really well. Um, yeah, no, it actually is very well. Um, occasionally, like, quality will dip, but responsiveness for this type of game seemed to be pretty stable. Like, you don't need one-to-one, like, one millisecond response rate just to move your character around and pick stuff up, which I think it works out really well in that kind of case. Like, you could kind of be a little sloppy and, like, get away with it. So, and also that means only one person needs to own a copy of the game. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> if you right, want on Game Pass, oh, I just wanted to mention, uh, if you want on, on Game Pass and want to play online, uh, there's another tool called Parsec, which I've been using for other local multiplayer game stuff, which is also very low latency, allows people to connect controllers to their computer and, like, play with other people's computers, essentially. It's really cool. I, Yeah. But yeah, cool. move, move, moving out. Really fun game. Go check yeah, it and, out. And then you're talking about this tool Parsec, and it looks like you also have another tool you wanted to quickly touch on that's yeah. been like capturing video for you. Yeah, uh, so I signed up for this website called Athenoscope. At least I think that's how you pronounce it. Maybe you could also read that name on our own show and let me know if I got it wrong. I think it's Athenoscope. Yeah, that says Athena and then the word scope, but they're put together. So I'm going to just assume it says Athenoscope. I assume so. It's a interesting name, uh, but... I signed up for it maybe like a month ago and I found out about it uh, from Khalif who is the, he hosts a Spawn, Spawn on Me podcast. Yeah. He's a really cool dude. Um, he tweeted about it. He tweeted a video of the thing that was made with this. What it essentially does is it'll take your Twitch streams of select games um, and automatically create like montages and clips from them. So it'll automatically That's go awesome. and like clip your, like kill streaks or just every kill in 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 gen- general, and it will generate like a long form like here's the highlights of your match and export and like you could download and export it. The thing I I realized uh, the last two days or so, so I have it installed and like I just never unselected the like run at startup option, mm-hmm. uh, which I usually do for most things because performance on PC you got to keep that up. Um, but what I I realized I was getting emails uh, that was like hey you're uh, your gameplay session on May 9th was, uh, we didn't find any clips because like I just booted up Call of Duty and closed it because it needed an update. And then I got another, I was like, oh, your gameplay session, we have a few clips for you. And I'm like, I didn't stream. Is someone so it's just recording my... locally? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it streams, it records locally and then uploads it, which is really cool. At first I thought my Twitch account was hacked and I was like, who's <laughs> streaming on my Twitch account? Um, but I got some really cool clips from playing Call of Duty the other night in shipment and getting my crazy 100-plus kill round and also nice. in Siege. Um, it's, really, it's a really cool tool, and I don't know. I've really enjoyed it, and it brings me back to, like, the mid-2000s of when – or, like, the late 2000s when, like, gaming montages for, like, Halo and Call of Duty were super big, which and I think gears, they might still be. Just them yeah, on, on YouTube, yeah. yeah. Uh, at least they're, 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 like, big in my, my circles, and maybe they're big in – younger people's circles these days but i don't know uh it it brings back that memory um it only they only support a handful of games right now i wish they supported that yeah. uh, destiny but they don't but i'll just read off the quick list of games uh they got siege modern warfare fortnite apex legends PUBG, overwatch 
Rocket League, Counter-Strike. They just added Valorant, um, and it's, they consider that in beta. And they also, I think, recently added League of Legends, which is also nice. in beta. The interesting thing to note is also, like, it doesn't capture everything. Like, I noticed on Call of Duty, like, they don't capture your chopper gunner kills. Like, there's just stuff that they're, like, working on. Because all, all it essentially does is it just, like, scans your video footage and, like, goes, oh, a kill a kill UI marker popped up on the UI, and we'll just capture to, like, last 30 and after like give or take 30 seconds around that uh which is cool but like they're just like working out all the ways to capture like i just saw they recently added like oh we'll now capture your sniper rifle kills in fortnite it's like oh yeah because like i guess because you're zoomed in that screws with the ui right um or something like that yeah Um, which is like the same tech that i think mixer was using with their like uh pubg hype zone kind of stream channels of like oh who's in the top playing pubg on Bixer right now like let's just like loop them in and highlight them on the front page uh it's cool to see this tech they're a small team i think and like so like that's why they only have a few games uh supported on the service and also like literally not everything in those games is even supported right now um i'm curious if someone's gonna buy them because it would be really cool to see this tech just like way more expanded not just to be on pcs but to be on consoles um and yeah, it, it's it's just really cool, and it'd be really cool to see way more being done. And I'll 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 see if we I'll try and remember to put a uh, link to some of the clips that I got recorded from last week uh, in the show notes, so people can kind of like check out the quality. It's pretty good. It's not great. It's not horrible. It's like 720p, I think. Uh, but like, if you're just looking for like on-demand cloud-generated clips, it works. Cool. Cool. Um, so on my end, uh, I know we just talked a lot about like shooters. Um, yes. And uh, I mean, I talked about sort of my own Warzone experiences in multiplayer. Uh, I also, I started Battlefield 4, uh, and I realized mm-hmm. why I never finished that game. Uh, <laughs> so at the launch of the PlayStation 4, Battlefield 4 was one of two games I bought. That and Killzone Shadowfall. Uh, remember both? I n- never finished battlefield 4 single player campaign and i was struggling to remember why and now i know why it was a buggy piece of shit uh, it's a beautiful <laughs> game that game has like aged really well visually um, i think the problem is that it's broken like the single player it, it breaks a lot it glitches out a lot um it's not as bad as it was at launch i think it was infamous for the fact that actually you basically had to compete the complete the campaign in one sitting on ps4 at least Otherwise, oh, it would just reset you back to the beginning of the game. Like, the save data wasn't actually working in the game, which is why I bounced off it. So I didn't finish Battlefield 4, um, but I did finish Battlefield Hardline uh, <laughs> on my Xbox. Uh, I, I kind of referenced uh, in previous episodes how I was probably going to feel even more conflicted about this game than Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And actually, that didn't end up being the case. Um, okay. It's just, like, such a dumb like michael mann bad boys uh Hmm. csi or like i don't know the shield style cop story that it's just kind of laughable there's nothing really to engage with there critically in terms of like how it talks about policing it 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 just does the dumb action movie police stuff like you're framed there's a corrupt cop and you're framed for his crimes and then you go to prison and then you're broken out um what actually irritated me the most um, is, well, there's a few things. First of all, it looks worse than Battlefield 4, which was bonkers to me because it came out came out like a year and a half later. Um, second of all, I don't, I don't think it like played as well. Like it, it felt a lot looser and the weapons felt like a lot less. Uh, 
I don't, there was less weight to them. Like the gun feel was bad, which I I always hate saying gun feel, but that's that's what it was. Um, really far and away, what irritated me the most, and this is the dumbest thing maybe for most people, <laughs> is uh, large swaths of that game best i can tell take place in the part of florida that i live in uh okay so miami's <laughs> referenced a lot you go to the everglades you're you're in a city uh none of it f- the everglades aside which i haven't been to and can't speak to because i'm not really into the swamp too much uh <laughs> but like the city portions didn't really feel like miami they felt like a mishmash of fort lauderdale miami and a generic city it didn't really have that gotcha. sense of place uh when i look at something like fallout 4 when I even play the Boston parts of The Last of Us or, you know, in Assassin's Creed 3 in Boston, like, those feel like that place. Um, obviously, Fallout 4 is, like, mega condensed. Like, you can run yes. from Park Street to 45 Broad Street, home of the greatest Starbucks in the world, filled with super <laughs> mutants, apparently, um, in, like, two seconds. Like, they're that close together, uh, yeah. which is not the case in actual Boston. Uh, you know, Assassin's great. Creed 3, Faneuil Hall feels like Faneuil Hall because uh, 45 Broad Street happens to be like next to Faneuil Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, but this just, it didn't really feel like the place it was set for large portions. Felt like a Miami. fictional that, Miami? <laughs> no, it, it didn't even feel like a fictional Miami. Like it didn't capture the feeling of Miami. Like Miami has yeah. a vibe to it. Like when you think about films or the original TV series, like Miami Vice, when you think about sort of like um synth wave kind of as visual aesthetics and stuff like there's a vibe to miami and i don't really think the game necessarily captured that now yeah it's quite possible because i do think at some part point in the game you're in prison in like california it is quite possible that one of those cities was actually meant to be like la or something but there were definitely parts of that game in florida and it did not feel like the part of florida that it was in hmm. because I've, I've been there i lived near um so that that was that was my take on Bath of hardline it was kind of like astoundingly mediocre um i'm playing some other stuff uh just real quick want to say finished halo 3 odst with my friend on friday night oh, cool. uh, that it, i never finished it before it was the only halo game i really? finished uh, i really wanted to but it was it was in the master chief collection my friend and i we finally went through it in co-op uh at least in the master chief collection it's a really buggy experience um if you I resume yeah. the game from the master chief collections resume story mode in co-op it'll be like you're in co-op we're going to start you from the beginning of the level Mm -hmm. which if you're in between missions because halo 3 odst has like an open map area where you go to find missions means you start the whole game over yep so we'd have to mission select the next mission every time we left off um which was frustrating but the the more frustrating bug was um we could really only ever play two or three levels at a time before the game would become unplayable and when I say unplayable, I mean tons of lag uh, on both our ends. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, things would just stop rendering. Uh, so I think we played one level with uh, where you're piloting rape, uh, banshees around uh, to try and uh, escape a part of New Bombasa and get like a friendly wraith out. Uh, and all I could tell was that I had a gun in my hand. I couldn't see my hands. Everyone was like just a black like block outline like all the enemies all the players um it was it was really broken it great game i do actually want to say like i really enjoyed odst but the multiplayer experience at least in the master chief collection was incredibly buggy um, all but we those were... 
all those early Halo, like one, two, three, and four, and even five, I think a little bit. Like we might have talked about it a little bit earlier on another episode. It's like that netcode is just so bad for co-op, and it it sucks. But what I will say is, like, I haven't seen. We did play some like three and four and anniversary of uh, Combat Evolved, and it was not this bad. Like ODST of all those was like the worst. It was the most noticeable. that aside, uh, I've been playing Deadly Premonition on Switch because the sequel mm-hmm. now has a release date. Um, I understand there's some internet discourse around Hidetaka Suehiro or Swery as he goes by uh, <laughs> and sort of people in the industry he supports and is willing to give the time of day to. Uh, I want to say that I, I've met Swery. He's a nice guy. He seems like a lovely individual. Um, I can't really judge him there, but... He makes really interesting games. Deadly Premonition was kind of his breakthrough moment. It came out in 2010. It's infamous for getting a two and a half from IGN. And then the next <laughs> the next day, Jim Sterling of Destructoid giving it a 10 out of 10. Uh, because it's a really fucking bad, broken ass video game. But it's got this incredible charm and appeal to it. And there's a lot of interesting gameplay and mechanical ideas there. They just couldn't execute on it. And I'm hoping with the sequel they can. Um... It's also like very much like Sweary watched Twin Peaks and was like, I'm going to make that a video game without actually <laughs> engaging in like what makes Twin Peaks Twin Peaks. Uh, so I've been kind of also playing it as part of my like larger Twin Peaks rewatching experience. Um, so just wanted to throw that out there. Um, Nick, have you played Deadly Premonition? I have not. I have okay. not played any of the games that are remaining on your game list. Not surprised. Not surprised. Um, so yeah, Deadly Premonition. Still not great, even on the Switch re-release. Uh, hopefully, the sequel plays a lot better. It looks a lot better. I really like the art style they're going for. Uh, it seems like they're combining Twin Peaks with True Detective, which is fucking wild. Interesting. Uh, uh, I think it's one of two Swery games we're getting this year. Uh, I kickstarted the other one. Uh, the Good Life, which takes place in England, and it's mm-hmm. about a woman who turns into a cat by night. Huh. Uh, and it's about repaying your your mortgage or something it's, it's weird <laughs> I feel like i've heard about this one yeah yeah it's been at the kickstarter booth at pax a few times um it also was on fig and it failed miserably and then he brought it to kickstarter and it succeeded pretty pretty solid um so yeah deadly premonition uh, another switch game i decided to finally push through and finish and this i think i would say it's probably the fourth switch game i ever bought it was um no that's not true because the switch was out for months before it came out xenoblade chronicles 2 it's like a launch window, and I'm defining window as March to December of right. 2017. Uh, Switch JRPG, a sequ- the third game in the Xenoblade Chronicles series after Xenoblade Chronicles X and Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, the first two games are really well-respected uh, JRPGs for the, the Wii and the Wii U, respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is not nearly as good as either of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it, it's interesting. Like there's, It's got a lot of what makes those games interesting, which is like these really dense systems and all these mechanics that intertwine uh, and these like sprawling open worlds and like you're playing on the backs of like these dead giant creatures. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of cool stuff going on there. But also imagine a game built around loot boxes that you don't pay for they're Ooh. just free loot boxes <laughs> it's a gotcha game in some ways and the the problem there is that this game is telling a story 
um, that's like very serious. And then you've got this gotcha system where it's like you can unlock characters from other JRPGs to assist you. And also the character design team for those gotcha weapons, I think they thought they were working on a hentai game or something because um, <laughs> all of these women are unrealistically proportioned. It's like very gross, like anime at its worst kind of character design. Uh, and it's like it's a game that I'm like kind of enjoying and I just want to finish. I'm on chapter six of nine, 50 hours in <laughs> um, and I just want to push through it and then play the 20 hour DLC, which I hear is a lot better because the remake of Xenoblade Chronicles comes out for Switch at the end of the month. And I've pre-ordered that and I'm excited to play it. So pushing through there, uh, just cranked it down to easy because i think that game it's just far too easy to die there's there's a lot of aggro stuff like an mmo in there and i just kind of wanted to get through it without too much of a challenge um and yeah uh there's one other game that i don't have on my list that i'll quickly talk about uh the same friend that i've been playing halo odst with uh we've been playing fantasy star online 2 on xbox one uh we were big pso fans back in the gamecube days uh, he'd actually play online. I would just play local split screen with friends. Um, <laughs> but I loved feeding them mags. Loved making my anime boy look real cool and futuristic. And we're back at it again. Mm-hmm. And we have been having a lot of fun playing it. It is... <laughs> it is... Uh, I'm not sure what's going on in that game. <laughs> it's... I'm glad it came out eight years after it was supposed to in America. It was announced for a 2013 release. Uh from what I understand, this is like a six-year-old version of the game. In Japan, they have all this new fe- like shit and these new features that we don't have in the Western release. Um, hmm. But it's free to play. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members get like monthly rewards for it. That's uh, cool. We're having a lot of fun. It's very nostalgic. It's like we're 12 again. It's great. Um, so I want to give that a quick shout-out. The last game that I want to talk about... Um, and I think this kind of ties into the conversation that Renzo and I were having on our last episode is Streets of Rage 4. Uh, it's available now. It's uh, the fourth entry, as you might guess, in the Streets of Rage franchise, another Sega franchise like Fantasy Star Online. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's big in like the Genesis days. Uh, beat em up, known for its incredible music. Uh, Streets of Rage 4, incredibly beautiful game plays incredibly well as well it's got classic beat-em-up action but there's a lot of like air juggling combo stuff going on now there's a bit of this bloodborne adjacent like you use a special skill you lose health so you get aggressive after using that special skill to regenerate the health mm-hmm. uh, system which i really like the characters are really cool it's it's got like a very 90s video game story to it but it's modern day um love it love all that it, this is a game that could be an 8 out of 10, except it's a Streets of Rage game, and the soundtrack is just absolute crap. Uh. And uh, when Renzo spoke to, about Final Fantasy VII and how more games should focus on their soundtrack and be giving more budget to the scores and soundtracks and how Final Fantasy VII was a great example of that, Streets of Rage 4 is another great example of that for the wrong reasons. Um, mm-hmm. The sound, like It's not a, a, a drag on the composers. Uh, the original composer does make some tracks for the game, they're just nowhere near as good uh, as they were. <laughs> and most of the tracks are done by the guy who did the soundtrack to the game Vampire. Uh, okay. And it, it just, I didn't even notice it. Like, it, it's just completely forgettable. I heard on, I think, Waypoint Radio, they described it as, like, 2013, like, Kavinsky-style synthwave retro, like, throwback stuff. And I don't even get that 
impression. I get like nothing from it. It's like a void. It's like I could just put on a podcast and ignore the soundtrack entirely. Um, <laughs> so that that was a bit of a bummer. But it's a really good game. Lots of fun. It's on Game Pass. It's also on Nintendo Switch and every other system. But definitely worth a, a play for people who like the classic games, who like beat em ups, who like Castle Crash or Scott Pilgrim versus the World. It, it's a fun game. And it's got a lot of replay value because you can go through the story multiple times as different characters and unlock more characters based on who you're playing as. Um, That's cool. And there's multiplayer, local, and co-op. So that was a fun game to finish this week. Um, and it was I was glad to see it on Game Pass. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, games. The, Those are exist. our games of the week. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, but besides games, I've been watching a lot of content. Hashtag I content. Uh, I don't know about you, but... Uh, I finally watched the Tiger King Joel McHale special episode. This is on my uh, list to still watch. Can I just say, can I just, I am fucking done with Joel McHale. His, his <laughs> shtick is exhausting. This is, this is Joel McHale's humor. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm a dick. Like, like he, that's his character yeah. in Community, and I think it works well in Community because there's other characters like constantly calling him out on that shit. There's a good dynamic in Community with his character, yes. Because yeah, char- he's not even acting. He's just being himself, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's the same way in this Tiger uh, King special, and it just really rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, there's obviously, if you've seen Tiger King, a lot of colorful characters in that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of real-life colorful characters, uh, because this is not the Nicolas Cage starring adaptation Netflix is working on, uh, which was announced, if you're not aware. Uh, it's just like Joel McHale asking the questions then kind of like making like a rude comment, and I'm like, this really isn't that funny. Mm. Um, so it sucked. Uh, doesn't sound like it adds much to the. Oh no, it does. It adds literally at all. It, it, it's basically just like, how have you been? How's fame treated you? Yeah. Uh, how can I get one of those dumb tattoos you have or whatever? Um, <laughs> like that. Like it's it's not useful. Um, once again, tying into last week's episode, Renzo had talked about the film Whiplash briefly, and I said like, don't spoil it because I was going to watch it that night, and I did. And holy shit, that movie. Uh, J.K. Simmons earned his Best Actor or Best Supporting Actor Oscar for that because it's a it's a really intense movie about sort of how far will you go to pursue like uh, success in like your art, and it's also a really intense story about abuse and how do we handle abuse and how do we relate to our abusers. Uh, definitely not a film to watch if you're going through some shit but it, mm-hmm. it was a really well-made film an incredible score just so intense and i really liked the ending because it, it's very ambiguous in my opinion like it, it kind of reads as like i don't want to spoil it but it felt ambiguous in how it handled sort of the resolution between miles teller who plays the main character and jk simmons's abusive teacher um, and I, I really liked that um so yeah really good movie uh definitely worth watching but just go in knowing not a happy-go-lucky film uh gotcha the final thing that i've been binging a lot of that i want to talk about is black lightning uh black lightning for those of you not aware is a dc comic superhero from the 70s he's uh a dad uh he has control over lightning and electricity and stuff and if this sounds like static shock uh yep. it's because there's a lot of similarity <laughs> there um static shock obviously the two th- early 2000s i want to say like wb kids cartoon uh that also cartoon. Crossed, 
Yeah, it was uh, crossover like Batman Beyond and the Zeta Project. How am I remembering all these shows? <laughs> um, the thing is, uh, Static Shock is also based off a DC character named Static, uh, mm-hmm. who is very similar uh, and is apparently in pop culture often been mistaken or in comic book culture. Like people often just assume that Static is Black Lightning's son, which is not true. Huh. But um, I brought it up because I actually am watching this now and I'm wondering, like, are they going to bring him in? Because I would kind of like to see, like, a live action take on that character, like, with the hoverboard and shit. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. uh, The goggles. But it's a really weird, interesting show. Um, If Nick, have you watched any of the CW superhero shows, like The Flash or Arrow or anything? No, I have not. They've been on my list, but I'm not. They're not super high on that list. I'm just more or less aware of them. Okay, that's probably a good thing. Um, Arrow started out really strong. I would describe it as like Batman Begins, the TV show. And unlike Batman Begins, it's about a superhero learning not to kill. Uh, The Flash is like very campy. um, But they all kind of fall apart after a few seasons. Um, The thing about Black Lightning is it's in that vein. It's a CW show. But each season so far, I'm in the middle of season three. That's all that's on Netflix. Uh, Each season's a bit shorter. And I feel like that's... uh, I feel like that's an intentional decision because I feel like they're having like the same budget as like a 22 season episode, a 22 episode season of Arrow <laughs> or The Flash, but they're using half as many episodes or maybe like right. three quarters as many and like putting that budget to greater use. It, it feels like a lot more polished. Um, it feels like a higher production value show. What's also interesting to me is that while The Flash and Arrow are like serialized stories, um, they have like an overarching plot throughout the season. Um, they don't feel like they're shows that have like a six season, eight season plan um, where there's a actual narrative throughout all of those eight seasons coming together. Black Lightning, three seasons in, feels like Game of Thrones in that way. Like, oh, interesting. Stuff is being sowed in season one that doesn't start to pay off until the beginning of season two. Like, there are storylines trickling there that very, like, you could watch all three seasons right now on Netflix and think it's, like, one massive season. Like, it, it, it seems like a story that's actually progressing naturally. Things pick up where they left off. It's not, like, a year later, uh, which is a thing they literally do on The Flash and Arrow, where they'll be like, man, this year's been wild. Gosh, and another year, another supervillain kind of shit, whereas Black Lightning is, is like, God, just yesterday was the season finale <laughs> um, of last <laughs> season. Um, that said, it it is a cw show and like the tone kind of feels all over the place as a result like this is a show that's talking about race and uh as a white dude i'm not really uh, equipped to talk about the struggles mm-hmm. of african americans in culture and how they relate to like police and occupation and stuff because uh, the show talks about that a lot um i can right. say though sometimes it feels very on the nose there's definitely a villain in season one who says like make freeland great again i'm just like (laughs) fucking serious uh are we making maga jokes in this superhero show um so like that stuff feels over the top on the nose and then it also often feels like very gritty and very dark and like sometimes excessively violent like a dude gets a thing ripped out of his spine and this is a cw show um and then and then other times it really feels like a cw show because in the last episode i watched before we started recording one character is like walking down a hallway in a high school and uh, we appreciate power by Grimes is playing for like ten seconds, which is if you've watched shows like Riverdale, which I'm sure I'll talk about in a future episode. <laughs> uh, 
they're very often do that they'll have like a quick montage to like a song that's popular at the time in fact i'm pretty sure like every cw show this season or last season has used that very grime song um Hmm. so it feels very all over the place um but it definitely feels a cut above sort of the later seasons of the flash and arrow and uh, i'm excited to see where it goes and see if it maintains that quality um it's also cool to see a mostly black superhero show because besides black panther we don't really see much of that yeah, no, the way you talked about it sounds good. I actually kind of want to check it out now. And you said it's on Netflix, so yeah, I think after this I might add it to my list and watch it, or at least watch it sometime in the next year <laughs> as I get around to watching Our things. backlogs are too big yes. for everyone with Netflix especially. It's not just us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I've uh, I've been watching, I think I might have mentioned this before, but I'm on and off rewatching Full House because why not? Um, <laughs> that's like my weird. <laughs> that's my like go to Hulu show whenever I like. What's Wait, on Hulu? It's, it's on Hulu. It's not it's on, on Hulu now. It's that's on Hulu why, now. What about Fuller House? That because that was a Netflix show. <laughs> Fuller House is on Netflix. That's uh, wild. But the original is not on Netflix. Maybe the, Full House is on is on netflix too i don't know but i've been watching it on Hulu. <laughs> gotcha well you should report back next week yeah Just i'll have to full uh, investigation on what happened i'll have to look into that um that that's been my like weird go-to just when i need something to watch in the background or just whenever um i started speaking of joel McHale earlier i started rewatching community uh have season you? one do you think you're cool for watching community yeah this is my joel McHale impression <laughs> uh yeah no it's i don't know that's fun i've always enjoyed community i haven't it's seen great. the sixth season yet um which is kind of why i'm rewatching it just so i can finally watch the full sixth season well there's only and, five seasons one of them never happened that's true yeah that's true but i, I do want to see the season that never happened um i i think i watched like one or two episodes of that on yahoo screen or whatever it was back Jesus in the day Christ. remember that remember yahoo, yahoo screen. screen there's also yahoo anime which still exists or used to I exist i didn't know that even was a thing it was a free yahoo anime street i heard about it on waypoint radio a great podcast um if you're looking for like critical analysis of games and also like the news in and games, yahoo uh, and yahoo anime yahoo anime yahoo is so interesting that they're still around and i mean like props on them i don't know what makes them money like <laughs> i mean geocities is dead so fuck them they must just be like a mattress firm there just must be like some underground drug operation got going out of yahoo I, I feel like they were acquired by verizon or something cause i think like, they were because they because oh, yahoo bought tumblr but now verizon owns tumblr and i feel like verizon owns yahoo yeah there must be some patent so value or like just content value that yahoo has in the way that like msn or whoever like all those other interesting yahoo msn style sites that weren't still around have like aol is still i think a website it's it's just probably people who don't want to make a new email address <laughs> yeah that too it's just like there's there's a user base that is worth something to somebody yeah. um and they will just keep and uh, the brand name is still alive in some way so there must be some value there but yeah, no, I've been rewatching Community a little bit. Um, still early in the first season again. Same. Uh, halfway through. Yeah, but I don't know. The first season re- is is really good and feels like a very grounded show. And I know, essentially, once you get to the second season, it just becomes this like wacky. Yeah, and it, and it's interesting that you show. say that because I I remember watching the first season of Community like eh, it's okay, and then season two is like. Okay, this shit's wild. I love it. Uh, yeah. So, like, I feel like it finds its identity in the second season. So, I'm excited to get there and get to the, like, paintball episodes and stuff. It, 
it's it's interesting. I would actually love a community where it would, or a show like Community where actually it's actually just like the first season, like a six season thing where it's just that. Because I I, like, there's probably something really interesting there that could be done instead of having it go into that, like stray into wacky and over the top. Dan Harmon couldn't do it though. No, yeah, Dan (laughs) Harmon couldn't do it because that's where it would end up going again. But Dan Harmon also not a great person. Yeah, (laughs) just just throwing that out there. Um, that's that's also true um and then the other night like a couple nights ago which started feeding into my youtube recommendations was i was watching a handful of breaking bad like blooper reels and stuff that were 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 just on youtube so that and now i'm just going down a bunch of random behind the scenes and interviews and other stuff that are on like youtube it might spiral into me rewatching breaking bad for probably the hundredth time Uh, (laughs) but breaking bad wonderful show love it that's what i've been watching it's a short list. No, yeah. I've spent more time gaming than anything else this this week. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, besides that, like I've been job hunting, uh, working on my EP. Still, it's gonna be. It's mm-hmm. not gonna be great. I've just kind of accepted that. Uh, hope to have one song out, like a like a single. It's all covers, three covers. But I hope to have it out by like we're recording on Sunday, so probably like the Monday, not this monday but next monday so the uh 17th the 18th uh have like the first thing so, have so the, mo- the monday after this comes out yeah yeah the monday cool. after this comes out um so that should be exciting uh but yeah trying to trying to get that done for the end of month just three songs um that's cool up on Bandcamp. um but it looks like you're also recording some covers yeah i i think the idea probably came subconsciously through the fact that i knew you were doing this i was like oh, let me let me let me try this and i downloaded reaper and started screwing around with it again um and just, learned how to record in reaper. yeah it's just like any piece of software out there like a video editing software or an audio editing software They're all different they all have their own little like weird quirks to get what you want to do working um it does feel like the uh, GIMP of audio software uh, in a way uh, compared to Photoshop. Uh, well, it was just interesting. So for context, Nick like messaged me and been like, I can't figure out how to record in Reaper. And then he said he figured it out. And it wasn't the usual issue people have recording in Reaper. It was like the, the obvious issue. <laughs> yeah. Reaper, you have to arm individual tracks to be recorded and then hit record. Nick had armed the tracks, but not hit record. Yeah, I would just hit play because I was yeah. like, oh, I guess that's all you got yeah. to do, right? Cool. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I get why it works the way it does now that I've done it. And it actually makes it makes a lot of sense. But at first, I was just like, because I was like, ah, I'm not going to. Like, I should be able to figure this out. Like, I don't need to look up a YouTube video. I've used audio editing software and video editing software so often where there's a timeline and I want to record on a specific timeline. It shouldn't be that hard, right? But it just turns out that I could not find the the second record button that I needed to press. Um, but yeah, no, I've been, I've been toying around with that. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I've, I have, uh, I mentioned this a long time ago, uh, a cool guitar pedal called the HX Stomp, which I looked down and I just realized it's been on all night, which means it's probably very warm. Um, but uh, it's a cool guitar pedal that kind of allows you to on your computer or just on it itself kind of play with a bunch of different guitar effects and stuff like that both for electric guitar acoustic or bass um and it sounds really good because i just pipe it into my computer over usb uh and was recording in reaper and it sounds just just like uh it does when i 
when I also monitor it through the headphone jack out on it. Um, so like the quality that I'm getting on my recordings is like really good. Um, and I started playing around that. I was like, Oh, let me, I was like, Oh, we've been learning like a handful of these songs on guitar. Let me like pick the easiest one I've been learning or like the, not the easiest, but like probably the second easiest, uh, and start just like seeing if I could, if I could record it. And I, I did it once and was like, Oh cool. It works. And I was kind of satisfied. And then the next day I woke up, I was like, I could do that better. I came back in. I'm like, all right, I'm going to like start layering all this stuff and doing multiple tracks and multiple takes and all this other stuff. The techniques I'm learning about just like recording audio remind me a lot about the audio classes I took in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted back, uh, back in college we're using pro tools and I'm like dying to use pro tools again and not reaper because like, I feel so comfortable using pro tools. Like I'm just like, I think last night I was uh, trying to figure out, I was like, Oh, I want to do mi- mi- I want to like add a MIDI track here. And I'm like, I can't figure this out. And it's just like yelling at me about all these other, all these other like plugins and effects. I'm like, I don't have anything installed right now. Um, so I might have to like come back to that and figure that out in Reaper. Or if I'm really feeling it, splurge on pro tools, which I know is not cheap. I would just stick with a lot. I will just say that several schools have switched from like pro tools, like non-music schools to Reaper because it's cheaper and pro tools is ridiculous. Yeah, um, I just looked it up. It's Avid yeah. Pro Tools with one year of something. It won't pop. Uh, one year of updates is five ninety nine on Sweetwater versus then, seventy dollars for Reaper. Yeah, <laughs> so two hundred ninety nine at Guitar Center. Uh, yeah. I mean, so like two hundred ninety nine for a professional audio tool isn't horrible. I know back in the day I paid a lot of money for Final Cut. No, uh, it's not which worth it. Apparently, like I tried. I have my uh, my Mac Mini, which I know I bought Final Cut on. I booted it up and it's just like there's been so many Mac OS updates that I can't even just download the old version of Final Cut mm-hmm. I had anymore. It's like it just wiped. That's surprising. And I'm just like, cool, that's 300 bucks. Cool. That I'll never get back. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, the whole recording and trying to figure out. and It's it's forcing me in a way to learn new guitar techniques too that I kind of just haven't nice. really nice learned that. or been bothered to learn. Uh, like i don't know playing on tempo <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough but cool um i mean i think now maybe we should just uh jump into your video pick of the week and yeah then we can get to a this, break this is a video i mean you you messaged me on thursday you're like oh, do you have a video pick this week and i'm like not really because as you know if you follow me on twitter it's been a interesting few, last few weeks uh for me but i came across this video i forgot what got me onto it i was reading a bunch of stuff about copyright and just because you know I, I have a thrilling life where i love to read about legal laws and stuff like that um but i stumbled back onto youtube copyright because uh, i was helping a friend with the thing and i found a video called youtube copies youtube's copyright system isn't broken the world is or the world's is uh possessive apostrophe yes there both statements are true the world is broken the world is and broken. the world's copyright systems are broken uh, yeah um but it's an interesting 42 minute video in a not boring way about how the system actually works and why not really defending youtube's system but really explaining that it is working as intended and like when content creators get upset when and I, like this happens to me too i have a bunch of videos on youtube that occasionally i'll get an email I was like you've been claimed I'm like <laughs> but mm-hmm. like 
how the system is working versus what the expectations are for from people like you and me or content creators and whatnot versus how it ends up working at when like a larger company infringes on another person's copyright and that kind of stuff. It's a cool video to watch if you have the time, especially if you're also like doing any content creation. It's just like it kind of opens up a little bit more perspective and kind of gave me some insight and stuff I thought I knew and didn't know. Um, especially coming from harmonics uh, where <laughs> music licensing, our, very yeah, hard. I know a lot about music. Well, I don't know a lot, but I uh, through osmosis have. I, I would absorbed. say if you worked at harmonics, you know more about music licensing than the average person. Yeah, and I, and I can tell even that just from having some other work experience where I'd be like, <laughs> I don't think this is a good idea, and people would be like, it'll be fine, and then me being like, told you so. Our legal team at Harmonix was also very well at educating people on gut checking a lot of things. So I, I have a very interesting perspective on law and copyright. Uh, and also, our videos also get claimed. Like, I say our as if I'm still there, but Harmonix's videos also get claimed on YouTube, which is like the thing that happens Lol. when you upload music to <laughs> yeah. YouTube. So it's like, I know that process, and like, I know how it is when we as a corporation get to deal with it because like we obviously have our own path of escalation through music partners and stuff like that. But like when it comes down to me and also I worked with a lot of gaming creators at YouTube or at YouTube at harmonics that like made YouTube videos or, or Twitch streams. So I had like some of that knowledge of like, Oh, here's like, we can't guarantee this kind of stuff. Right. Like, because it is music like we have rights for certain songs and even then it still might get claimed but like we'll try and work through it with you but at the same time it's like it is like it is with when you're uploading any rock band footage or guitar hero footage from from back in the day you know like i don't know it, i i had I, I i still took away a lot from this video and think if you got the time put it on in the background and listen to it as a podcast or watch it in full and you'll probably get a good a good 45 minutes of warning out of it. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the Xbox Series X gameplay reveal. Gameplay in scare quotes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll be back in a few. Uh, stay tuned. All right, and we are back and ready to talk about the next generation of video games. Excited. With real-time gameplay, world reveal gameplay, lots of actual in-game gameplay. Gameplay. There's gameplay-ish. There wasn't. Um, (laughs) So earlier this, on Thursday, uh, Thursday, May whatever, uh, May 8th, May 7th, uh, time is is a construct. Microsoft did the first sort of unveiling of quote-unquote gameplay for the Xbox Series X. It was all focused on third-party content. Uh, they kind of led with Assassin's Creed Valhalla being included. Yeah. And I think uh, what we can probably both agree on is that it was a little misleading and overhyped in terms of what they said we were going to get versus what we got uh, because there wasn't really any gameplay. It was all in-game, in-engine kind of footage. Uh and yeah, we just wanted to take probably like 20 minutes and talk about it, um, kind of get our thoughts on paper, um, kind of go back and forth, I guess. Uh, so I've kind of made my opinions, I think, pretty clear. Uh, I wasn't super impressed. Uh, nothing there was super new or original to me. Uh, I was interested in 
bright memory, uh, and I'm interested in Call of the Sea. Uh, <laughs> the medium looks okay. Bloober team is hit or miss for me. I thought Blair Witch was terrible and honestly kind of problematic in terms of how it portrays mental health stuff. Uh, but, like, uh, there just there wasn't much to talk about. Like, I don't know, Yakuza Like a Dragon. That's great that that's coming to Xbox. We still need Yakuza 3, 4, 5, 6, and I think Kiwami 2 mm-hmm. before the entire franchise is there, but I'm a big Yakuza fan. Um, I'm going to be curious to see how Sony responds to the Microsoft, uh, what's it called, smart delivery system so that you can buy it once and play it on the appropriate console because I'll be really honest, if Yakuza Like a Dragon comes to PS4, well, it is, but if it comes to PS4 and then I can automatically get the PS5 version without paying extra, I will play it on a PlayStation mm-hmm. um, console still. Um, but that was a nice thing to see in the lineup. Um, the one other thing I really wanted to call out, uh, Chorus. Are we really doing the fucking churches naming conventions with games now <laughs> where we're using a Roman U, that was, <laughs> a.k.a. a V? I saw that and just went, what? And then I looked. So, like, at the bottom of that trailer... There's something weird going on with my mic. Maybe there isn't. Okay. Um, at the bottom of that trailer was the link to the website. And they spelled chorus like it's normally spelled. And I'm just a little confused at that fact that, like, the name is C-H-O-R-V-S. But the yeah, website of, of the like game churches. is C-H-O-R-U-R-C-H-E-S. <laughs> That's how you spell it if you're using a Roman U, a Latin U. Um, so, yeah. Um Nick, I think you're a little bit more positive on all this, so why don't you kind of quickly talk through some of your opinions? I'll say yes. I think I'm more positive about it than most people, but also, at the same time, I like to set my expectations for a lot of things very low. (laughs) So I'm always... Can't be disappointed if you're always expecting to be. Exactly. I'm always optimistic about things. At least that's how I try try to live. The thing that was interesting was... and. Maybe I, I might get some shit for the way I say this. Um, and I'm trying to pick my words nicely so it d- doesn't come out like that. I'm ungrateful for about the games that were shown there. But the games that I feel that were shown, for the most part, were not memorable at all and felt like Microsoft was slinging the, the B-list, and this isn't against the developers or, or the publishers, but the B-list of third-party games. Yeah, I, th- I I mostly agree with you. I think, like, Call of the Sea and Bright Memory stood out to me, but I think everything else was, like, B-list, or else it mm-hmm. was, like, third party, or else it was, like, trying to appeal to the the demographics Microsoft has failed to. So, like, yes. hey, we've got an anime game, everyone. It's anime. Yeah. It's from the anime people. And then Yakuza. Y'all love the fucking Yakuza, right? Kazuma Kiryu, and now it's not him. Yeah, we got that, this too. This event, it felt like it could have been... 20 to 30 minutes of what was actually going to be Microsoft's E3 press conference press conference yeah. this year of this is the hey there are some really cool and like again I'm not crapping on the what I call B-list uh, third party games but hey there are some cool new unique games you've never heard of and you might like yeah. a, a, an audience out there will like um, that are coming to Xbox Series X and Xbox in general Um they're, they're doing really cool things with tech, which they fail to explain, um, which kind of sucks because as like I, I feel like as someone who's more in the know on a lot of this stuff, like 
I under, I, I could look at a trailer and go, oh, I see the, I see what they're doing with with ray tracing. The I could kind of start to understand what ray tracing. Oh God, scorn. <laughs> I'll get back to that in a sec. <laughs> but uh, I like I could see. Oh, cool. Like if this stuff is quote unquote, unquote gameplay in engine or in in game. Uh, I won't say in engine because in in engine and in game are two can be two different things. It's running on the hardware per, per presumably. It's doing some cool stuff there with like very fast load times and like you kind of see that in I think in the medium. Uh, I saw a GIF on Reddit. I'll oh, credit to the Xbox One subreddit of just the instant transition of that game shifting between two completely different worlds in real That's time. For the medium, yeah, it yeah. looked really cool. They had no room to explain what happened there aside from that popping up as a GIF on Reddit. Um, yeah, I, but I, but I think that speaks to the larger issue is like. And, and this is a, a mistake we see repeatedly with all of these reveals is the fans who are watching this, maybe not the business partners, they want to see the actual gameplay. Yeah. The, the, history has not been kind to this this form of revealing games, right? Like the Killzone 2 trailer. Mm-hmm. Killzone 2 did end up looking good, but it didn't look as good as that trailer. Yeah. <laughs> um, et cetera, et cetera. Like that's why I think especially with how Microsoft's been changing over this generation, like I thought we'd actually get gameplay. Yeah. I think it was a misstep on their part in terms of their, their, their messaging. It wasn't a big misstep because actually the thing I've admired a lot about Xbox uh, going into this next generation of consoles is their openness and transparency. And And they're just talking their acceptance to criticism. Um, Yeah. uh, I linked an article. Yeah. Uh, about Aaron Greenberg's response to the... Aaron Greenberg uh, has been very good about responding to people on Reddit, on Twitter, and whatnot, and just being honest about a lot of stuff like, oh, yeah, like we could have messaged this a little better. Um, We understand where all this is coming from. I don't think you would ever see that kind of thing come from one of the other two partners, at least just the way that they've been presenting themselves in the last couple of years. Like, I don't think Sony would ever have their 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 front-facing marketing person come out and kind of have that kind of conversation with i think we can include we cannot include nintendo in this conversation because nintendo has (laughs) nintendo is like super old school conservative in terms of they're stuck in their ways i mean some of the leaks lately explaining why friend codes exist etc like they we we can never expect nintendo to do business as usual yeah or as what we would want but like yeah i mean sony rollout for the playstation 5 has been shit i'm mm-hmm. excited for the playstation 5 because i still play my ps4 far more than my xbox but i'm more excited by how things are being rolled out for the series x because microsoft is playing fast and loose They're they are clearly like we're in second place by a large margin mm-hmm. i mean they might be in third place now because i think the switch might have outsold the <laughs> xbox one Sad. um being like look we are going to come back from tv 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 um i and while I still think that this was an overhyped thing, because I was literally on a job interview talking about how, like, I can't believe we're missing the Xbox Series X while we have this interview. Yeah. Um, like, they led with, like, Valhalla gameplay, and that wasn't gameplay. And I think, like, the fact that they owned up to, like, sort of miscommunicating and setting mm-hmm. expectations for it is great, because, like, Sony basically did the same thing earlier this year. Yeah. Uh, they basically took a GDC talk, about PlayStation 5 hardware and kind of pitched it as the PlayStation 5 reveal. Yeah. Uh, and it was even more boring. 
boring for a consumer market, I should say. Like, as a developer, like, there was a lot of interesting technical stuff there. And Mark Cerny's voice is just so... It, it was just another wrongly positioned yeah. good marketing beat, right? Like, this marketing beat positioned dif- differently, actually, was real. would be really good. If this was like, hey, this is a third-party showcase of mostly new games and mm-hmm. games like that you would not have expected to see a show on xbox you're n- and like they were like yeah you're not going to get activision's next call of duty here you're you're going to get we're going to get a little bit of assassin's creed you're, but you're, you're not going to get fifa but you're going to get a different sports <laughs> you can game. get the other EA <laughs> sports game uh you're not going to get ubisoft's next big things you're not going to get bethesda's oh well, well we, we did get ubisoft's next big thing oh yeah that's true but like the other <laughs> that was what they led with but, yeah. Um, yeah. you're not going to see a new splinter cell you're not going to see a new thing from Epic. You're not going to see a new thing from Bethesda. You're going to get the other third parties that never get the spotlight, but they're not indies, right? Like this yeah, isn't the right. Xbox indie it, showcase. They have ID at Xbox for all that stuff. Yeah. But, like, if but, this, but so if this on, was on that note, yeah, go, go, uh, go ahead. Bright memory is definitely an indie game. That's one person from China making that fucking game. Again, it's like an enhanced oh, quasi sequel yeah. to an existing game on steam. So that's, that is definitely indie as fuck. That's true. That's um, true. Scorn appears to be an indie game as well, and I don't think either of us have Scorn on the list. But I, what the fuck? Like I, I don't know. Like I thought that trailer was terrible. Um, I really like like Alien and Prometheus and like HR Geiger's like really fucked up visuals. Mm-hmm. But I honestly texted a friend. I was like, I think they've just announced a new Aliens game. Yeah. Because literally, like, it's not just homage. There's like one or two images in that trailer that like literally look like a scene from the film Prometheus. Mm-hmm. And then I realized it was Scorn, which had been previously announced. Yeah. So I felt like there were a lot of good choices for like, hey, didn't expect to see this at Xbox. And there were somewhere I was just like, no. Like, and, yeah. and Scorn was one of those. Um, so. the, the, the thing is, I, so I had an interesting conversation with a, another friend of mine. It was very brief, but the thing that, the quote that he sent me, and I touched upon this earlier, was like, he didn't see how this was actually showing that the Xbox Series X was pushing anything forward. Yeah. Um, he just really, what they got out of this was, this is, hey, there are more games that will be on Xbox. And I think, like, Xbox has done an okay, they did a pretty good job uh, earlier this year, I think it was in February, when they're like, Hey, we have Digital Foundry. We have this other uh, content creator who's big, big into tech and Xbox out to check out the hardware and check out how uh, their SSD works and how the system architecture is. And they showed that off using some older games, essentially, because obviously they didn't have anything ready to show at the time. Uh, but they're like, hey, yeah, like these are features. We're ready to start talking about them. Um, and what this needed was that additional context to go, like I said, with like in in the, in the medium of like yeah. to be a little bit more press conferency of like, yeah. hey, in the medium is this game or, that's going to do X, Y, and Z, and also we're taking advantage of the SSD yeah. technology, uh, whatever they 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 have a name for it. I forget what it's called. I, I, the, I don't even know if it necessarily needed that. Even I think one thing, and I think even if we look at both competitors, Sony and PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Microsoft has consistently struggled with this Nintendo Direct style format. They have yes. always done the worst job. Sony started out pretty shitty, but they've gotten a lot better very quickly. They've had some like smaller reveals, but they've they've gotten a lot better at it. Mm-hmm. What Microsoft needed to do was either what you just said, like very sh- explicitly show this is how this takes advantage of next gen hardware, or they needed that one more thing, and it like had to be like a 
big new third party game, but from a big IP. Or yeah, something. like, like Bethesda's this this next is... game, whatever that is, right? Like... No, I, I mean, I think it should have been like a Japanese game, like because they that. kind of ended yeah. with Yakuza Seven, and like that's great. I'm again, I'm a big Yakuza fan, but like, what if they had been like, oh, Yakuza Seven's coming out, but one more thing yakuza 8 motherfuckers <laughs> um because like at first i was like wait i can't tell if this is yakuza 7 gameplay or yakuza 8 and i was like no this is that dude from yakuza 7 right. so this is probably just the xbox announcement of it um yeah so like i feel like they're, they're always missing that one more thing with their inside xbox stuff and i i hope it also we get to yeah July it also ended really flat that. right like it ended and well, it didn't end, but the the last two segments, if I remember right, were developer interviews, interviews, which are cool, yeah. right? Like I really enjoy those, but it, it felt like things. an after show, right? But yeah, that, it was the after show being part of the real show, and I, I like it just didn't it didn't feel right because I was like, oh, I guess I could go refill my water now. Okay, like <laughs> I don't I, like I I think Dirt Five looks cool, but I didn't need to listen to Dirt. the developer interview about Dirt Five. I'd rather the thing go about Dirt Five. it's a racing game those are always going to be there uh this is the third party racing game though so we'll see the forza in july i'm guessing because you need that racing game show off next gen hardware real easily um so i wasn't surprised by it so i wasn't super interested to hear about it um but yeah it fell flat it was an awkward transition um i thought we were actually going to see valhalla gameplay in that segment where there'd be some b-roll of like yeah, um, I don't know the assassin's name, but like running through, there's like gunning dudes with an axe. That would have been cool. We, we even even if they had like five seconds of B-roll, right? It's like let's yeah. let's throw it over here and be like, oh, and like you saw this really cool cinematic. We're excited to like start showing more gameplay on screen right now. We have a small snippet of whatever, and then like let people speculate off that. Go, oh, cool. This is five seconds. Like like cool. We got this cool sense. We got a cool cinematic. They still met the promise, even though it wasn't wouldn't be fully meeting the yeah. promise of gameplay. But like, it's there. It's like right? that Halo Three in engine footage that they did for the three hundred and sixty. It's like this is all in engine. Yeah, um, you can spin it around three hundred and sixty degrees. We'll show it. <laughs> yeah, I want to. Um, I want to. I want to go back and touch on a thing that was pretty prevalent here, uh, which is smart delivery, which is like yeah. there's a weird no brainer of a feature that I think like it not, also it's a feature that sort of exists in a way right now because. Xbox Play Anywhere is a thing where you could buy Gears cross of War. Buy. Yeah, you could buy Gears it's cross of War. It's cross-buy for PlayStation and, and play anywhere for Xbox. Yeah. It's an existing thing, but it's now not it's cross-generation. It's cross-buy. And I'm diving into my technical developer background of how I think it actually works. Of like, Because the way cross-buy works on PlayStation is you have to set up... You get up, two versions of the game. You, you get two versions of the game. The developer has to do technically twice the work you're actually working on a certification process for two different platforms. Whereas the way I think Xbox is positioning it as is you're making a game for Xbox. Xbox is the platform. You're making one game. Your game might have multiple executable files just for to, 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 to to simplify it down. One that executes on a lower end hardware and one that executes on the higher end hardware or one that like pulls in higher textures. And what they're, what they're doing there is a really cool technical thing, um, and also is. But I think to the consumer, it's still just cross by. It is still <laughs> is just I guess what I'm trying to say, you know. But it, it's also they're they're smart in the way they're delivering this message, uh, yeah. for as a pun. Uh, in terms of that, they know not every people are happy with their Xbox One X. People are happy with their their current console. 
they know people don't need the upgrade immediately and that it's going to be hard to upgrade this year given we're in a it'll pandemic. especially be hard to upgrade this year for a <laughs> lot of people um so it's like hey go buy halo infinite go buy madden because also Madden's in this weird case where Madden well, uh, comes out yeah, every Madden August. Yeah, Madden we're not clear on. Though we're also I thought Madden it wasn't even clear oh. if that because they didn't say every title supported smart delivery and Madden was one that people were actually unsure of. I thought that I like, thought they said EA. Madden did. I thought they said Matt Madden did, and then I saw some I've discourse on Twitter things. about EA yeah. in general. But I thought Madden was it. But um, then, I think everything else seems to fall under that. But I think Madden was like really unclear. Yeah. If if, so, if, um, if Madden isn't, and I'm just going to like say this, assuming it is part of smart delivery and are you are yeah. utilizing that feature. Madden's in this interesting spot where it's a game that comes out every August. Consoles don't launch until November. November. Yeah. yeah. And the thing that happens every year is your Madden game will be this console launch game, which happened with Xbox one. And it comes out in, uh no. november right like you're yeah. you're gonna you're gonna pick that up with with the console on launch date um the thing is like now if it's part of smart delivery i can start playing madden 21 in august i could get through my franchise i could play i could have fun with it the way i like to have fun with madden and then when my series x arrives in november I don't have to worry about rebuying the game. I don't have to put off my purchase from August either and go, I'll just play it in November. Uh, I could still play it with, with my friends yeah. and have all that fun stuff. And then like in November is like, okay, I'm going to be just playing this casually on and off with friends. Maybe I'm doing some bad and ultimate team stuff. So that's actually, I think one of the reasons, like everything you're saying as like a cool possibility is actually why I don't think it's, why I'm leaning towards this actually not supporting smart delivery. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't get too inside baseball here having worked at EA, but <laughs> I can just say like, this would be far more compelling for something like FIFA, which comes out in September and has an incredibly engaged mm-hmm. player base until the next year. Yeah. I think even without like going into like internal stuff, like Madden does not have that tail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, so, that's true. Matt Madden d- doesn't really have that tail, but like it's like as as a consumer, it's still a very interesting proposition. And it's a thing like you don't see Sony doing, and just being like, "Hey, this is on the back of the box." It well, says like this this version of the game will, like they have I think a branded Sony might. feature for it, right? Like I think Sony might though. I like think I think they when will. we talk about Cyberpunk, yeah. I think it's just again, Microsoft's been doing a better job, unlike last generation, of communicating what this next console is, mm-hmm. and I think that's really the ultimate takeaway. And, um, yeah. And they're, they're that just said, setting like, what, expectations really well, and not kind except of except for except for what this except for <laughs> this was except yeah. for this event. Um, I think like yeah, I think I was pretty down on this overall, but I am excited for July for sure because I am excited for Halo Infinite. Uh, I'm curious to see what else they have up their sleeves. Uh, yes, the July event, like teasing a new Fable thing, and I see you have something in here about June. Yes, uh, I wish. I knew where I got this quote from because it was from I'm like scrolling around trying to see like where I posted this before where where it came from. I think it was Business Insider. I could be wrong and maybe I'll try and find it for the show notes so I could better uh, source this. Uh, But the quote was coming from uh, an article talking about this was before Xbox 2020, which is the name of their their summer event is called 20 slash 20 20 slash 20. and I was talking about what they're going to be covering over the next few months, starting with uh, May 7th being the third-party game reveal preview event, um, which, which happened with what, we're, what, we're, what we are talking about. They ended the show on the 7th 
saying, hey, come back in July. We will have first-party games to talk about. This article mentions that in June, the company will be highlighting Xbox platform and services, and that is interesting, and I assume that is where they would officially be diving more into, like, the hardware and, like, pricing and launch yeah and And expectations of how corona impacts this Mm -hmm. i I don't know where i found uh, i read read another quote and i don't have it in front of me at all but um so maybe take it with take this with a grain of salt is that like this 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 potential in theory june event is also going to be much shorter and smaller and concise maybe it isn't even a stream uh, yeah than the thing that we got on may 7th uh, but I'm very, I'm very interested because there's there's a lot of rumors about a potential other Xbox console that they're working yeah, on. Yeah, because they're, they're, they've been calling this just like the Series X is one of the new Xboxes. It's just Xbox, yeah. right? And um, like so. it's it's interesting because they've also they've gone back and forth on that messaging a lot. I know when they announced the nightmare. Scarlet <laughs> ecosystem of consoles, they're like, hey, this we have Project Scarlet we're, we're working on. Uh, they they use the the plural word consoles about a year ago, maybe a little less. There was a quote from Phil Spencer saying they were only working on one, but there have been a lot of rumors and credible sources talking to journalists and all that stuff (laughs) saying there is another console. Like I think, I think, Jez is the person There's who been reports the ru- for Windows Insider. Like has has said that the other console has also started take home tests, which is interesting. And like, is, there's also the rumor of the X Cloud console. Basically, like it's just a streaming mm-hmm. box or what have you. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, there, there's a lot of interesting we'll stuff. See. And I think in June they're gonna start hopefully talking about how all this comes together. What cool thing? What other cool things they could do with X Cloud? Which like I want to see X Cloud also start emulating what Steam can do with remote play where I could spin up a, a round of moving out and not the developer doesn't have to worry about online multiplayer if they don't want to. They could create a very cool local multiplayer experience and guess what? The game just runs on xCloud. You can invite your friends to play on this virtual console together. We're going to have a blast where you can stream your console for everyone else to join on, whatever it is. Like That's a feature Xbox is missing and could do really well with. And like I really like how, like I said earlier on the show, uh, how Steam Remote Play works. So like That's a no-brainer to me for an xCloud feature. Um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, going we'll to be see, interesting. We'll I want to see yeah. how all this starts to come together in June. If this quote that I sourced yeah. from somewhere it is, is legit, legit. Uh, I think yeah. it is. I Either think way, it came July from, like, is always or something. July is always a confirmed thing. So, um, uh, before we get into the song pick of the week, I yeah. wanted to ask one thing: dream first party game to be announced in July. Just like a new unannounced first party title, uh, be it a sequel or just like a or something there's i don't want to play to what i read in the rumor mills because there's a lot of stuff like oh there's like a new fable being worked on which is the quote worst kept secret (laughs) apparently yeah yeah, yeah, uh and like it's starting to come true that like the initiative is actually working on our quadruple a perfect dark game which like whatever that means like i'm very curious what that is just give me more perfect dark there there, Um, there, there's there's my want which i want microsoft give me that to I don't think they would do it. Um, this, this, is this, this, this is dreams. This is just dreams. This is my dream. So. I want a new Mech Assault. Mech Assault 3. I want that. that. Coming from From Software. <laughs> that would be incredible. Mech Assault um, would be great. I, I'm all for that. There's probably another Microsoft IP in the back of my head I can't think of that yeah. could, but 
maybe I'll blurt it out in a second if I can think of it. But what about you? So I've I've been going back and forth about this. Like I actually didn't know about that initiative rumor about Perfect Dark because I've wanted a new Perfect Dark that's for a while now. Um, but I think I'd really want to go full like Japanese RPG Kian and say I'd want like a Lost Odyssey two mm. or, or uh, Blue Dragon two. Blue Dragon two was supposed to be a game like that. Mizug- uh, not Mizuguchi, um, Sakaguchi talked about in the early days of the 360. Uh, but I think something like a Lost Odyssey 2 would be incredible. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I, I can't wait for, for July. I mean, like, other than wishing for a new game like Mech Assault to come back or whatever, um, very excited to see what Halo Infinite is. And I think, like, every Halo fan is, like, craving to figure out what the hell they're building because it seems like it's more than your average halo i wonder if they're taking like a gears 5 approach where it is actually like an open world-ish yeah Uh, so i'm kind of curious myself um but enough about fucking video games um let's talk about what really matters uh kian's song pick of the week um so last week we went pretty heavy uh not once but twice uh renzo came at us with his song pick of the week which mm-hmm. was a moment in time by cell dweller i keep forgetting the name uh, even though i've listened to it and it sounded like the doom soundtrack <laughs> the 2016 doom soundtrack. there's some fun stories opinion. about that doom soundtrack and the doom uh, yeah we don't need to get into it. and renzo actually pointed out that uh that cell dweller who did that song uh actually worked with mick gordon on or took over from mick gordon on the killer instinct soundtrack oh. um Xbox One exclusive, uh, Killer Instinct. So maybe we'll get Killer Instinct 2 for Series X. Uh, That'd be fun. That back in. Uh, but my song pick of the week last week was Bleak by Opeth. Uh, again, it was for Renzo. He's a big uh, Re- Opeth and Porcupine Tree fan. Uh, mm-hmm. This week, I wanted to kind of you know dial it back a few notches. Um, and I wanted to go with a very keen song pick that felt timely and relevant um so this week in honor of the full album's release uh, my song pick of the week is simmer by Haley williams from her new album her first solo album pedals for armor so let's just take a quick pause and listen to it simmer in our ears there's so many ways to give in eyes closed another way to make it to so yeah uh very different vibe than paramore i think uh i was listening to npr recently and they were kind of talking about how like her voice is very subdued in it like when you think paramore you're like oh well i'll have a man to brag and like Haley <laughs> just kind of like wailing and belting like with this like incredibly powerful voice but you don't get a lot of that on this album yeah. uh, simmer is definitely indicative of that it's got like a radiohead vibe to it um hmm. and it's also i think the first time I've heard a, a, a swear on a Paramore song, <laughs> she definitely says fuck. And I was like, damn, Haley. Uh, so, yeah, it's a really good song. It was the first single from the album. It was released in, like, January. Uh, I've been listening to the album a lot. It's great. Um, Nick, have you listened to Simmer at all? I know you might have played it in Rock Band as DLC or something. I, I have not played it in Rock Band yet as DLC. I did listen to it very briefly before uh, the show, just so I could have heard it <laughs> before you <laughs> talked about it. Yeah. It's a fun song. I like yeah, it. Yeah. It's a very, very different vibe than Paramore, right? Very different. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very kind of artsy, indie kind of stuff. It is. I, 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 really I, dig I, it. I, I dig it. I added it to my Spotify library. So thank you. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Um, 
But yeah, that that brings us to the end of uh, another episode. It does. We were at the end. Uh, before I work on outroing the show, Keen, you have something to tease, I believe? Yeah, you know, we've been figuring out a lot of things with this podcast. Uh, we've been trying to figure out do how here. to record. We've been trying to figure out how to talk about things. We've been trying to figure out how to have guest hosts, how to tease things. Uh, we've also been figuring out, like, what does, like, our podcast look like visually, like, when we make sort of episode art. Uh, sort of our generic art, our social art. Um, and I quickly threw together the original art kind of quickly. Kind of inspired by like 90s Nickelodeon stuff like Rugrats for some reason. Uh, <laughs> I but I kind of want to do an overhaul. So I think hopefully come episode six, you'll see like our visual rebranding of figuring it out with Kian and Nick. Yeah. Uh, so if, not six, if not six, maybe seven or eight. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. in the next few episodes, we're going to have like a visual overhaul. We're going to finally get that 4K remaster available uh, with Smart Delivery. Optimized so. for Series X. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll work on the uh, Series X app for our uh, show. Cool. I won't. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll have to figure out why you lied to me then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Nick, where can we find us? Oh, we are uh, everywhere. I keep checking just to make sure we're everywhere. And if we're not on a podcast service you listen to, just let us know uh, because we want to be there. Um, but yeah, find find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, YouTube, Anchor uh wherever uh if you're listening on apple give us a five-star review uh totally helps show out i did not check where we're at can do you do you know how many our total stars are at yet uh i think we're still at the six five-star reviews nice i haven't checked though yes but if you uh if you listened and enjoyed the show you've made it this far uh leave us a review it helps us a ton with discoverability on itunes yeah and and also just just a star review and maybe you're about to say this oh wait what (laughs) Don't just leave us like five stars. Oh, like, yes. Also, like say why why you like it. Yes, because it also is another way to let us know what you thought about the show. Um, you could you could let us know also if you don't if you're not listening on iTunes and don't feel like booting up iTunes. Uh, what you think by dropping us a line at show at figureitoutcast.com or tweeting us at figureitout uh, ca- at figureitoutcast on Twitter or the same handle on Instagram. Uh, follow us there also for. Behind information the scenes, behind the scenes yeah all that fun stuff um everything's also linked at figureitoutcast.com uh we fixed it so you could actually put www in front of that uh i didn't <laughs> know people still did that for websites but i guess i guess you did. <laughs> there are people out there yeah. uh i don't know i, I a weird tangent as we're outroing i remember in computer classes growing up, people, my, my instructor was always like, you got to have WWW in front of it. Gotta, you got to be know. on the local web. You got to be on the world worldwide wide web, web yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah, we so. are on the world wide web now. We're everywhere. Uh, so yeah. definitely visit the website for all the information. Um, Keen, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me in bed on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. As at the Kean Rice, T H E C I A N R I C E. And if you hear me yawning, it's because I need to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also on the Twitters and Instagrams as at Nick underscore Mudry. Uh, I'm on Twitch as it's Nick Mudry. Um, Mudry spelled M U D R Y, by the way, just because I feel like not everyone knows how to spell that. Um, I think that's it. Keen teased our cool branding redesign as we figured that out. So stay tuned for that. If you missed last week's episode where we interviewed Renzo, 
go listen to that. That is a very good episode. Um, Renzo talked about a lot of cool stuff, and Renzo's just like a cool dude. We didn't have a Renzo minute this show. Um, but we are actually are doing our Renzo minute right, we now. Are right now. Uh and I just want to shout out Renzo. Uh, super grateful for him coming on and for giving us not one but two song picks of the week and not one but two uh, video picks of the week and, you know, talking about sort of his uh, experiences with mental health and uh, the games he's been playing. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so shout-outs to Renzo and shout-outs to all of you listening. Yes, and another episode to plug, if you've already listened to last week's, uh, go listen to our Games of the Decade show where we spent a lot of time breaking down our favorite games from 2010 to 2020. Uh, it was a fun time. And there's a lot of good games in there that maybe you haven't played yet and you should go check yeah. out. Um, other than that, thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode. Have a good one. Bye.